If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. That's 800-471-7065. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, July 26th. I'm Donald Ware. We're about a month away from the start of the HBCU football season. Thank you to those watching on YouTube and those listening to us via BoxToRow.com, iHeartMedia. Dot com or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we kicked off this year's HBCU Football Daily Podcast on yesterday with the head football coach at South Carolina State, Buddy Pugh. I mean, it was just a great conversation. We talked about a number of different things. The upcoming season for South Carolina State, last year, the schedule, his thoughts on the MEAC, all of that you can watch Yesterday's podcast, of course, right here on our YouTube channel or on our website, BoxToRow.com, iHeartMedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I want to talk about the HBCU Coaches Poll, FCS Coaches Poll, which was released, as a matter of fact, last Tuesday. And I want to talk about that. I'm going to give you my top 10 also in terms of where I where I see the top 10 teams in all of HBCU football right now. Now, with respect to the coaches poll, it is only Division I schools and the, is, is, the poll is voted on by the Division I HBCU coaches. And this was the preseason poll. So this is the way that the poll read. Jackson State at number one, followed by South Carolina State, number two, Florida A&M, was number three, uh, Alabama A&M, number four, and Prairie View A&M rounded out the top five. Six through ten, Alcorn State, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, Norfolk State, and Tennessee State were your top ten teams in terms of the coaches' poll to start the season. Now, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people would have some pushback about the fact that that Jackson State was number one opposed to South Carolina State, where South Carolina State beat Jackson State last year head-to-head. And I would agree with that. However, I think if you look at things uh, in totality, you look at what Jackson State was able to accomplish on last year, what Jackson State has coming back this year, I I could understand why Jackson State would be in the number one spot. This is the thing also. Jackson State or I should say South Carolina State had 10, count them, 10 
first place votes to Jackson State's six first place votes. The other two first place votes belong one each to Florida A&M and Alabama A&M. But again, in terms of your points, Jackson State had five more points in the poll than did South Carolina State. And it's about the number of points. Thus, uh, Jackson State number one. So, I mean, I, the coaches, I think, do a great job with the poll. I, I, I mean, we can debate whether Jackson State and South Carolina State should be one and two. I think Florida A&M at, at number three is solid. And I will say this about Florida A&M. Last year, you look at that game. It's an, it was an early season game between Jackson State and Florida A&M. Uh, Jackson State, a lot of expectations, especially coming off the spring. You didn't know what to expect uh, last year from Florida A&M because remember, Florida A&M did not play spring ball. The last time Florida A&M played was 2019. At that time, Florida A&M, the Rattlers, were in the mix. So you didn't know what to expect. It was a 7-6 game on neutral on a neutral site, whereas Jackson State won that football game. I think if you play that football game, Later in the season, that's a game that Florida A&M wins. Um, we, when you look at major college football, and a lot of coaches have talked about not wanting to, although we're seeing it more, uh, we've seen it more recently in terms of some of the larger programs playing against each other early, especially on in neutral site games. And so this was no different, and, and I'm talking about, and, and also conference games. You generally don't see conference games played that early, but this was a conference game and a Eastern Division uh, SWAT conference game at that. You're going to see that happen again uh, on Labor Day weekend. These two teams are going to meet again in Miami. Um, Florida A&M is going to be very good this year. You look at Isaiah Land coming back. He was the HBCU Defensive Player of the Year. He's absolutely tremendous. Uh, the, the, the linebacker, I think, with Florida A&M, you're going to be a little bit more stable. Uh, Willie Simmons, uh, at least uh, having talked to him early, hadn't really named his starter as of yet. It's going to be a quarterback battle. He's got a veteran or two that's there already, a newcomer that's coming in as well. The receivers are going to be there. It's going to be a very talented Florida A&M team, right? We already know what Jackson State brings to the table. Shador Jackson, or excuse me, Shador Sanders was the Jackson State for Jackson State, of course, was uh, the HBCU freshman of the year, the quarterback. Um, he had a tremendous overall season uh, on last year's, got plenty of weapons. A lot of recruits came in, so you know Jackson State's uh, going to be loaded. But I'm not going to sleep on Florida A&M. I think Florida A&M is definitely uh, going to be in the mix. This was a team that got an at-large berth last year out of the SWAC. When was the last time the SWAC had an at-large berth to the FCS playoffs or Division I AA playoffs back then? Um, you're talking about a long, long time ago going back uh, to the 90s. So, I mean, I like Florida A&M. This is, this is my, my, my top 10 as we stand right now. Uh, and again, unlike the coaches poll, um, and as a matter of fact, the media ballot, which remember Bowie State last year was the box to row HBCU national champion with the media on last year. So remember that media poll is going to be released on Thursday. You'll be able to find that on our website at box to row.com. So we're including in the media poll, all teams, all of the teams uh, from HBCU. So this is how 
I see it. And number one, like I said, I would have South Carolina State. You talk about all Jackson State has coming back last year uh, from last year. So does South Carolina State's got everybody basically coming back. Nine starters on offense, nine starters on defense. You look at the running back position, it's going to be tight. Quarterback comes back, Shaq Davis comes back at wide receiver. You look at the bookends on the defense. I really like B.J. Davis at that linebacker position. So uh, to me, Jackson State coming off such a, or excuse me, South Carolina State coming off such a convincing win over Jackson State on last year. You, to me, you've got to have South Carolina State as the defending champions at number one and having beaten Jackson State head-to-head. I get it. It was last year. But again, it's not like South Carolina State has some kind of drop-off and the coaching staff comes back intact as well. I'd give it to South Carolina State at number one. Number two in my poll, uh, I definitely would have uh, Jackson State for all the reasons that I mentioned before. A lot of players come back. You know, I think that coaching staff learned a lot, especially in that celebration bowl from last year. It's going to be a tough team to contend with on this year, I think. And, and who knows? I think South Carolina State's going to come out of the MEAC. I think Jackson State's going to come out of the SWAC. But we'll see. The MEAC is going to be very, very tough this year. You look at the likes of a Norfolk State, Dawson Odoms in his second year. He's got to replace big-time quarterback, no question about that, but they're going to be very tough. North Carolina Central is going to be better. Everybody's going to be better. Delaware State's going to be better. Um, uh, you look at uh, Howard, I think it's going to be better. Delaware State may surprise some people as well. And I don't know how much Morgan State will do this year. Remember, Damon Wilson comes over from Bowie State to now Morgan State. I don't know. It's no question Morgan State's going to be better. Will Morgan State be able to contend? I mean, that's going to be tough, you know, especially Damon uh, Wilson coming in so late. We'll ultimately see. But I've got Jackson State at number two. I've got Florida A&M, as I mentioned, number three, for the reasons that I mentioned before. All of the players that are coming back, I think Willie Simmons, the head coach, is doing an absolutely tremendous job. At number four, I've got Bowie State at number four. Yes, Bowie State loses Damon Wilson. But this is the thing. Kyle Jackson, who played at Bowie State, was recruited by Damon Wilson, knows the program, has been some other places. He's been to Georgia State. Um, and then he was, of course, the, the, he was a coordinator uh, last year for Bowie State. Not only that, he was the recruiting coordinator for Bowie State at one time. And he's, he's the one responsible for bringing in a lot of the talent at Bowie State. Also the likes of a Joshua Pryor defensive tackle plays inside requires double teams. I mean, this is a guy that you better be on the lookout for this year. I think it's a guy that's going to be drafted in the 2023 National Football League draft. Bowie State, number one in the media poll last year. Three straight CIAA championships, three straight Division II playoff appearances. Has done well in the Division II playoffs. I've got Bowie State at number four. Rounding out the top five, I've got Alabama A&M. I think Connell Maynard's going to reload. He had the all-world quarterback, no doubt. Got to replace him, but he you know, he's brought in some guys and he's recruited some, some quarterbacks. He had a four-star, you know, a four-star recruited quarterback, brought in some guys. You know the quarterback's position is going to be solid. That offense is going to be very, very good for Alabama A&M. Number six, I like Albany State. I really like Albany State um, at number six. Uh, I think you look at 
what Albany State has done. A lot of the players are coming back. Won the uh, SIAC championship last year. Really good program there in Albany. I like Albany State at number um, six. At number seven, I like North Carolina A&T. I think Sam Washington and A&T is going to bounce back. We'll see what that quarterback uh, situation kind of looks like. But a lot of players at the skill positions, uh, particularly at wide receiver, uh, the defense is always going to be good. Not as great last year. And the the Big South is for the taking this year. If you're A&T, you got to take the Big South uh, this year. You're looking at only, uh, what, six teams? Um, and the upper echelon teams have moved on. And when you look at a Kennesaw State, you look at a Monmouth. So it's a ripe opportunity for A&T. North Carolina Central, I have it number eight. I like the Eagles. I like what Trey Oliver is doing. I like his man. His quarterback is really good. It's gonna be. He's got a good program. He's building a program there. The Miak's gonna be tough, but I like North Carolina Central at number eight. At number nine, I like uh, Tennessee State. What Eddie George was able to do last year. I thought Eddie George had a and his team had a nice season. Gets the transfer quarterback from right in the conference uh, coming in. You still have Devin Starling as your running back. That offensive line. It's going to be good. I like Tennessee State, and I like Tennessee State to have a winning season uh, this year. That OBC is going to be tough, but I like Tennessee State at least with a winning season this year. And I would round out uh, the t my top ten. Uh, I would round out my top ten uh, with Norfolk State. Um, I think you lose the all-world quarterback, but I think Dawson Odoms in his first year did a really good job. You know, he had a lot of success as a head coach at Southern. Um Again, the Miak's going to be extremely tough, but I think he's going to have a lot of success as the, there at Norfolk State. Norfolk State is definitely going uh, to be contending for the uh, championship. You know, when you look at the coaches poll, I, 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 one thing that I saw that struck me also was that Southern, even though Southern was not in the top 10, Southern was in others receiving votes. I look at, I look at, Southern, and I say that's that's going to be a good Southern program uh, this year, a, a program that I think is definitely um, going to be um, extremely solid um, this year. Uh, you're talking about Eric Dooley now as the head coach comes over from Prairie View a and I mean, he, he got his start at Southern. That's where he got his start. Been in the SWAC a long time, moves over from Prairie View a and to Southern. You know the passion with respect to Southern, one of the great fan bases in all of HBCU football, really in all of college football, one of the great fan bases, travels extremely, extremely well. Uh, so I, I, that, you know, don't be surprised to see Southern definitely challenge this year and challenge uh, certainly in that Western Division. I think the Eastern Division in the SWAC is going to be tough, but that Western Division is going to be tough also. So that's a look at uh, my top 10. Of course, you can always give your thoughts on our Twitter page at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Use the hashtag HBCU130 as this is the 130 years of HBCU football since the first time we had an HBCU football game back on December 27th of 1892 when Livingstone and, 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 uh, and then Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith, played in a football game. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast where this year you can see us, uh, as you may be, on YouTube. Of course, listen to us 
uh, on our website for either listening to or downloading at BoxToRow.com, also at iHeartMedia.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Just a sneak preview on tomorrow's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk with the gentleman who is uh, taking the State Fair Classic to unprecedented levels. Of course, that's the classic in Dallas uh, between Grambling and Prairie View A&M. We're going to ask him how it got started. We're going to get into his background. Al Wash, Al Wash super promoter, not only of HBCU events and the State Fair Classic, but also uh, comedy, uh, music events, etc. Al Wash going to join us on tomorrow's edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Talk with you tomorrow. Let's get down, roll with the hardcore funk, the hardcore sound. Let's get with this Macadosha.